0: Shut up, sit down, I'll listen, wait. Relax, my dudes, it's not too late to join in with these awesome fans of Marvel out right there. Some chips and OC picks and meat to make the best go the uh, I changed one, I just won't wait and... to oh, ignore the touch and shit. love of the shit.
1: It's a podcast. It's also a gun. Hey everyone, welcome back to All Ages of the Geek. This is the Geeking Podcast with your host Jed and my special guest for today.
0: Hi, it's uh, Soundweave Jay.
1: To begin with um, telling us what you do
0: uh, and the stuff you have done. Oh yeah, um, okay, so <clears throat> I am a vocal mixer, uh, mostly noted. For VTubers, uh, I, you probably heard my work before on Ayunda Risu. I've done a lot of uh, her covers in the past. Uh, the best one so far, notably being the King cover, which is pretty solid. I also have a YouTube channel where I uh, I just make many different forms of content right now, and uh, that's about it. My presence in the VTuber community is mainly uh, vocal mixing. <laughs>
1: yeah, I noticed the vocal mixing like you were in the credits. Uh, first time I really noticed you was through Velocity City.
0: Mm, oh yeah,
1: and everything that happened with them when I got there, acquainted with them, I had them on, and then. It just snowballed from that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I did watch that interview yeah. or listen to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And through that, I do have... I'm not going to say who specifically, but within this month or next month, I'm going to have an interview with a VTuber. i will not saying which one specifically. Mm. I won't say on the interview, because it'll be a surprise. Ooh,
0: very exciting.
1: <clears throat> um. Yeah, you said you worked in Rishi. how did that come about? Like you know,
0: into the YouTuber VTuber space I mean? Oh wow. Um yeah, how that happened is uh it's kind of I don't know, it's kinda of random to be honest with you. I just um I hadn't done vocal mixing before um, in a long time. I, I graduated college with a with a bachelor's degree in recording arts. And so I went for like a lot of audio things, but when I was out here in the, in the real world, I don't really have an audio job. I just work like a normal day job. And I was like, well, I want to earn some extra cash on the side. And so I was like, yo, I'm going to take up vocal mixing commissions. And I just happened to be in the VTuber community because at the time I was making uh, VTuber reaction content on YouTube to, to like the Hololive live VTubers and stuff. Cause I, I didn't really know what a VTuber was at the time. And after I'd started integrating in a little more, I like put out a post one day where I was like, hey, like I want to start getting back into doing like mixes and vocal mixing for VT or for just for people. And I was like, so if there are like VTubers or Utaite or Utaite or whoever, you know, like people like the sing covers, I was like, yo, like hit me up. Uh, I'll, I'll do like a couple mixes I just did for free because I was like, I just really want to get the experience. I had no experience prior. And then I started putting them up on my on my um, you know I like I made like a, a Google document at one time and I started putting those up and putting them on my uh, Twitter and then one day uh, Risu contacted me and was like hey uh, I see your mix commissions are open I'd really like to commission you because I really like the way you mix and I was like what like it I was my mind like exploded. I was like there's no way you don't like there's you can't you can't want to mix for me are you crazy and then uh, it's just kind of gone from there I mean essentially uh afterwards uh, Risa, I I guess she she must have really liked what I did because uh she's come back to me just about every time since then.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just like sort of just happened.
0: Yeah, it was kind of random. I like I said I was really surprised. Although um I think I think the reason it worked out was because somehow she ended up showing up to my um uh, my I at the time I made a video where I was reacting to Risu clips i don't know if that video i don't know if i still have it up but at the time i had like been doing that and she like i think she came across it on youtube uh, either through recommended or you know have you whatnot and she just popped on when i was premiering the video and so i uh, like freaked out and i think that is what like alerted her to my presence but aside from that i yeah it was pretty it's pretty wild i was really surprised
1: yeah how did that feel knowing that you may not actually know it but YouTubers are watching, because I still remember that Subaru um, clip mm. uh, when she was talking about someone being live, reacting to her clips, mm. and she was just lurking in in the stream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's wild. I you feel
1: like there, there could be possibly, like, YouTubers, like, possibly just watching.
0: That's true. I It's very wild. I feel like, I mean, there was a time <laughs> where uh, a long time ago, I don't have this because it was on my old Twitter account, I... I did like a – I made a new account. I don't know why I got rid of the old one. I never should have. It doesn't – there's no point in it. But in the old Twitter account I had, um, Fabuki saw – like a. I did a live stream when I was first like getting into VTubers and I had a bunch of my people in my Discord come in and I was like turning VTubers into music basically where I was like – I took like Fabuki's voice from her like videos and clips and streams and stuff and I like – I did a – I made like a cover of like a – uh toho song and i posted that in content and like months 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 later fabuki found that video and retweeted it and was like hey check out this video and i was like what like you never the truth is you never know when they're watching or when they're gonna show up and it's really crazy because you forget that they they just they're like us they just like browsing youtube so sometimes they find people you know
1: yeah I remember watching streams of uh Vebe and Fruit and Zensaya, mm-hmm. and like when they when they pull up their YouTube, they entirely recommend other people watching their clips. yeah,
0: yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's like YouTube's like, hey yeah, hey, there are other people. check out these real people check out the, check out these real <laughs> streamers, yeah <laughs> It's funny, I love that the the worlds co-co collide i kind of i really like that idea of like um vtubers coming together with real life content um real life content creators and they're not i mean they're real life content creators too you know but yeah. like face 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 content creator i don't know how else to call them but <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah
1: like um wasn't it uh
0: Trash Taste interview that Kali did? Oh, I love that. I love Trash Taste. I watch it literally all the time. And when they had Kali on, I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> like, it was so it was so cool. It was really epic.
1: Yeah. When I saw that, that was like at the point where I wasn't into YouTubers, I didn't really pay attention mm. until I saw someone um what's his name? The Screwface John oh, who's a yeah, reactor yeah. That I watch a lot.
0: I watched that guy too.
1: Yeah, until he, he started reacting to Kali's music. I'm breaking it down and everything. like, okay.
0: Yeah. I, she's actually amazing. I love it. It's so great. Callie's music is fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah she's become my top three most listened to artists on Spotify.
0: Uh, yeah, I do play her pretty often myself as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I grew up on Eminem, so.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it works, It kind of right? works. Yes. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Especially
1: her. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an archive where she was perfecting
0: Rock God and Godzilla. Oh, amazing. I love that.
1: Yeah. I saw that stream come up at like 4 a.m. my time. I'm like, yeah, who needs
0: sleep? <laughs> who needs sleep? <laughs> it's true. That's the VTuber community in a nutshell. Who needs sleep? Yeah.
1: Especially with um, HoloLife, because VShojo is easier for me to catch their lives because. Their time zones are not too different from
0: mine. Oh, yeah, that's true. Same.
1: Especially especially with Vey and Fruit, because they're both in my time zone, in England, my time zone. So it's fine.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, that makes it easier, right?
1: Yeah, but then you have Cali 4am.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's true.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you got into sound engineering, like you did the university court degree and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. What initially got you to you know, do it? At university
0: and through studies and stuff oh man uh it's funny don't laugh at me but <laughs> but the reason that i originally went to school for audio is because when i was in high school um i <laughs> i played drums i mean i still kind of do but on and off i'm not really that great i haven't practiced in a long time right but when I was in high school, I was I wanted to be in a band and I was like working at the time to like get with a band. I really love uh like a uh, I'm a really big into like rock and stuff, so I wanted to be in like a part of a rock band yeah. or whatever. And so uh, at the time, I had this stupid ambition of like, oh, I'll just go to college for for mixing and then I won't have to pay anyone to make my albums and we can just I can just do it for us. The stupidest idea anyone's ever had, by the way, like it's it's realistic but at the same time like i was a i was a yeah. stupid kid you know um and then from there it, it kind of snowballed into like you know moving states and going to that school and then like finding out like throughout the program that i really wanted to do other things and um yeah so it's just kind of like a it started from a very ambitious young me being like eh, eh, don't have to pay people eh, and then now i'm uh, hundred thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to pay people except the college. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. You said you're a big into rock Um, list some of your favorite bands. Like, do you have a top five of your favorites?
0: A top five. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I see. The hardest thing is that like, I don't. I haven't listened to a lot of like actual bands in years. Um, and part of that is because, to be honest with you, I mean, I'll listen to anything. Um, I think if I had to pick a band that is at my top and has always been my favorite band, uh, it's a band called Alisana. They're from, uh, I think, Raleigh, North Carolina. And they're like a weird, like, metalcore-ish. Not weird. That's not that's mean to say. Oh, like a metalcore-ish, like, rock kind of band that, like, experiments with a bunch of different styles and stuff over the years. But they've always made, like, storybook-based music. So that's probably my favorite uh band it's hard to judge others because i like a lot of bands that like, i listen to that i hear from other people i don't really research into i'm just like oh that band's good like like i like like crown the empires all right i like them you yeah. know things like that like um uh pfft, any band in that genre, like pierce the veil so on and so forth the whole like rock yeah. to like metalcore like in back kind of deal and literally anything yeah. but nowadays i listen to a lot of like video game music because it's just my favorite st- thing in the whole world so anytime anyone makes like a cover of video game music i'm just on it like let me listen to this <laughs>
1: uh, you said the the band you like makes like like storybook based music yeah um that actually leads into my favorite current like metalcore band well band in general mm-hmm. which is ice nine kills
0: oh yeah 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 yeah
1: and the three most recent albums Every trick by uh, the book is based on, each song is based on a different piece of literature. Yes. And the previous two albums, The Silver Scream 1 and 2, each song based on a
0: horror movie. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for uh, concept albums. I just love them so much. Yeah. They're just so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. And another reason why I love Iceman Kills is that when people react to their music, they watch
0: and comment on their videos. Oh, yes. I love that. Having that interaction with people is so cool. I had that a similar thing yeah. when when I long time ago. I do this now, but not as much anymore. Um, I used to play clarinet a lot, and I mean I still do. But and I made like video game music covers a long time ago. And one day randomly, I just decided to make a cover of one of the songs by Alisana that I really liked a lot. And I just posted. It was not a good cover. It was absolutely like terrible. But. Um, their guitarist commented on the cover and he was like, man, this is really cool. And I was like, ah, (laughs) so that kind of interaction is always like super. uh, It's awesome. When anyone in the community, this is like, it rings true for VTubers as well. When you make a video either related to them or about them or like reacting or just in general, if you include them and they go like, Hey, thanks so much for like, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just great. It's, it just brings the feel good hormone. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's uh, another thing I want to play off because recently on Twitter, the band Throw the Fight followed me back. Mm. Like, okay, I I don't know when this interview is gonna come out. Like, if it's gonna come out before or after, mm. but I have the f- the only original member and the guitarist of the band for an interview.
0: Oh wow! Amazing. Yeah, I don't know
1: if this is gonna come. Yeah, they're it, it, it just following me back. I'm like, huh. Um, okay, I've been listening to you for like the past 10 years.
0: Hello? Yes, <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm always like, man, my idols? Hello? What are you doing? I'm a nobody?
1: <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that, yeah, this is my new Twitter account I recently made.
0: Mm. I only had
1: like 20 followers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> They're one of them for some reason. That's amazing. What would you say is your, like your favorite, like, ever thing you worked on?
0: Ooh. In terms of mixing?
1: In terms of mixing or just in general in your life, like favorite project or like favorite thing you've been involved in?
0: Hmm. Let's go with mixing. I'll talk, I'll talk on, um, yeah, since it's related to VTubing and stuff. Uh, I think the my favorite project that I've worked on thus far has been the King Mix that I did for Risu. And I have like a love hate relationship with it because. You know, it was the first time I'd done a, a mix, excuse me, sorry, the first time I'd done a mix for a big, important person, you know, Marisu's huge, <laughs> so like, I was like, oh man, like, I was really worried, I was really nervous about it, I was like, am I gonna, you know, hold up to the standard, like, there wasn't a standard, because she hadn't released any covers yet, but people had heard her sing, right, so like, in like acapellas and lives and stuff, and so they knew that she sounded really good, and I was like, okay, now I have to make sure that I don't disappoint these people. So there's a lot of pressure in that regard. But it was so much fun. Like it was the most fun I think I've ever had doing a project because I just to to take of squirrels' vocals and like bring them to life in a way that no one had done before yet, uh, which I guess could have been done by anyone, not just me. So I'll try. I'm trying to like sound like I. I'm not crazy up there, right? Cause I'm not, but <clears throat> like, it was so much fun. It was really, it was a big learning experience for me too, because there were moments where, um, um, via our communication, she was like, Hey, uh, for, you know, for the project business-wise, she was like, Hey, uh, this isn't like processed enough. Could you like process it more? And I was like, are you sure? Like, cause everything that I had <clears throat> learned up to that point, was like telling me not to do that. Like you shouldn't overprocess like vocals because it it ends up sounding like sucking the life out of them and makes them sound really bad, you know, things like that. But uh, when a client isn't happy and you know, they give you something you have to do, then you have to be like, okay, well how do I take that information and try to find a middle ground where what I know correlates with what they're telling me to do, you know, in a way that makes everyone happy. So that project was one of those things where I learned not to hold back so much in mixing and it 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 was a big game changer and eye-opener for me because now all the projects i've done subsequently afterwards are so much easier and they're more fun to work on because i now am not holding myself back if that makes sense and it was just a really good opportunity overall so it was a good time i think that's my favorite one by far and honestly out of all the projects in my life that i've ever done i think that is probably the most fruitful and exciting one i mean i've never had an achievement so great before so it's really exciting and it's a confidence boost for me. <laughs> yeah,
1: and on the topic of VTubers, who was the first VTuber you ever watched? Not in your reaction, just in general.
0: In general? Um, yeah. This is what this is what spiraled, spiraled me. I want to say down the VTuber rabbit hole, but to be honest with you I'm not as in tune with the VTubing community as I used to be. So, But what started it all out, and this is what sparked me doing the reactions, is uh, I was on my YouTube recommend or my like my you know YouTube just browsing what I browsed. and I saw a random Corona clip, and I was like, "What is this dog doing on my timeline?" And I clicked it, and that was the. M- Maybe the worst and the best mistake I've ever made in my life. Corone <laughs> is my favorite. She's hilarious. She's so funny. She's the first VTuber I ever saw. And I think that's a great thing because I think Corone is the perfect VTuber to get people into the hole because she's just fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was the first VTuber I ever saw and the first clip I ever watched. And then from there, I started learning about Hollow Live and I just kind of went you know, downhill. Or I guess uphill, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, for me it's like again like Kali was the first like VTuber I have noticed and listened to the music. Mm. First YouTuber VTuber, VTuber I've actually watched. And it was like the one of the biggest best mistakes I ever watched. Mm. Um, was the video, Nyana's out of context.
0: Oh um, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one.
1: I don't know whether I was traumatized or just laughing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic video. It's a great, yeah. yeah it's but, so good. It's so funny.
1: But the the, the first entrance in the
0: pianos. Yes. one <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the video was um, specific clip as well. Like with the like one, of the specific clip. So like, what is happening here, and how can I describe? Yeah. Because when she went on a tangent. They open a store instead of foot locker, call it foot Liquor. Like what?
0: <laughs> it's crazy. yeah, she's she's wild. I love she's fantastic. <laughs> so good. Try explaining that one to your yeah. friends. I
1: mean I showed it to my friends and his Discord bio became your you are the alpha pisser.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and in terms of like you know um Music in general, like, you're part of the industry, like, how does it, like, you know, music can connect and stuff, but with a lot of people, I just feel being an industry, like, being behind and creating, like, help create that type of music Mm. and stuff like that hmm
0: it's kind of tough because the real uh, the, uh, reality <laughs> the reality of this situation is that even though i'm i, I guess you could consider me a part of the music audio industry it's not quite the same as like being in an actual studio or like a studio based job i mean it, it kind of is because like now everyone does things from home anyway a lot of the time right uh but realistically what i see myself as is just like i'm just a guy on the internet who like I'm a freelancer, you know. Like, if you need a thing done, I do the thing for you. You right, but um, that doesn't change the fact that I I think it's very cool that um, it, it's very cool to be behind the scenes and helping people put together these cool projects. Personally, I <clears throat> I don't really want to how to say this. I don't really care to be seen as like an audio industry guy. Like, for me, that industry in particular, like many other industries, is very competitive and always has been. And I don't really like the image of it being like, oh, like you have to be the best of the best because you want to take over and top all these other people, which is like any industry, right? That's like being a YouTuber. It's like being a, a, you know, being a a musician, being being an artist or whatever. But in reality, I like to build friendships more than rivalries, right? So for me, it's really more of a factor of like, I like being behind the scenes and just making good projects with people. So in that regard... I think it's amazing to come together with someone and help them take a product that they envision in their brain, like say a song, right, like a cover, and helping them bring that cover to fruition. Albeit, maybe it's not always the best. Maybe it is the best. I don't know. That's up to everyone else's interpretation, right? But like, it's fun just being there behind the scenes. I mean, I like that aspect of this work. Uh, Some people don't because it can be disheartening. Like, you don't. I mean, the VTuber community is very good about crediting those who are a part of their projects, right? But a lot of the time, people don't see that. Uh, As a behind-the-scenes person, you have to be okay with accepting the fact that you will not always get credit for your work. And even if you do get credited, you won't always get the recognition for your work, which is fine. Um, In my case, it's a little different because I think just about every one of Risu's – members in her streams and chats knows who I am. But like most of the time when you work on an audio project, people see the face of the person or the VTuber, quote unquote, and they hear their voice and they hear the music. They don't know what goes on in that. You know what I mean? So while it is a very fun time and I enjoy it, it is sometimes a little bit of a stressful endeavor. uh, And there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that not a lot of people understand or appreciate. So I think for me i find it important to also remind people of that that like yes uh it's fun being behind the scenes and it's fun making these projects come to life but your project would not always come to life in the same way without those people that work hard behind the scenes you know what i mean that was a whole tangent to like a side topic but my apologies it's
1: all right yeah that leads me to one of my i'd say my favorite video on your channel which is the breakdown behind uh, the King mix? For oh, which what for Resus? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I yeah, I for, I posted that. Like <laughs> yeah, sorry, I keep forgetting <laughs> that I made that video. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> make the video <laughs> Man, crazy. Yeah, that, Thank you. Yeah, that
1: was like Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that video, just <laughs> seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Because um, I work with my friend in music. Like my friend has released two EPs. I work with him on writing and editing and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. So I'm I'm literally just learning as I go along mm. right now.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I I'm really glad you liked the video. I didn't know how it was going to be received because, like. I mean, obviously, I made it a Risu King mixed breakdown video because I know people would click on it if Risu was in it, right? Or if like I talked about something Risu <laughs> did. That's the whole point of making content is getting people to click it, right? But at the same time, like, I wanted to talk about the process because I feel like it's important. Um, that said, I don't know. I know a lot of people commented on that video, and they were like, man, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but I really like this video. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm trying my best to explain. It's hard because... Like, in college, we were taught to, like, uh, try to explain, like, like an audio concept. Like, like, I should be able to explain compression to someone. Like, I'm talking to my grandmother who knows nothing about sound or anything. Like Right? So, like, but it's hard sometimes because I'm like, how do I explain this concept in a way that will keep people engaged but also teach them something new, you know? But a lot of people did like it even though they didn't understand it, which I really appreciate because that that says something about the fact that I must be doing something right. <laughs>
1: yeah i just really enjoyed it because like again like i said i'm learning as i go along Mm. about mixing and your audio mastering stuff Mm.
0: yeah it's a hard process
1: (laughs) yeah it's very long yes But at the end when you hear hear it back and you show it to other people and say like okay this is really good like that feeling like that hard work that you did
0: it really pays off it's really great, yeah. That, and that's why I like doing what I do is because it's, like, it's really long, a long process. I mean, like, I, I'll give you a timeline, right? I think, like, for me, if I got a song right now that I had to mix, I had to tune, time, and mix, because meaning, like, you know, someone gives you vocals and you have to tune them a little bit because that's, like, production stuff, right? And then uh, you have to time them to put them in the correct time with the song, and then you have to also mix afterwards. Editing takes forever. It's, like, the process in mixing I hate the most But it is like what makes a good mix, right? Because if you do all the good editing before you touch a mix, it's just easier. It makes everything easier. But let's say that whole process takes me a week, right? Maybe even less than a week if I really have the eight-hour days to grind out, but I usually don't because I work a a 10-hour-a-day job. So I usually come home, have a couple hours, and that's it, except for days off, right? So let's say it takes like a week or less than a week, a little bit less, like four or five days. That is still, I mean, relatively speaking, I think that's still really slow, which is unfortunate because like, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Like I'm zooming, but I feel like it's still slow, but that's not important. The important part is like, that's what I mean. Like no matter how much time it takes, like at the end, that's what I love is like when you finally get on that seventh day or fifth day, or maybe a couple weeks, if it takes you that long, you know, you finish it and you go, finally I'm done. And then it sounds really good. And it's like, uh, it's like so awesome. Like you started from scratch and now you have this wonderful polished product that, maybe hundreds of thousands of people will see it's pretty awesome you know what i mean
1: yeah in terms of mixing like you said like you know your favorite genre of music like rock and stuff that's what you were were mainly into like Mm -hmm. in your opinion what like your artist or band has like a really clean mix that you just like doing stuff
0: oh man that's hard to say Cause like now the quality is so the bar for quality for a lot of studio mixers is so high that like, they all kind of sound similar, right? Like at least like threshold for quality. I mean, obviously all bands, like their mixers do things differently and like, they don't always have the same sounds. Right. And like, Oh, sorry. And like, even, even bands like that have different albums, their albums don't always sound the same between each album. Right. But, um, a band that I think consistently has really—and this is, again, one of the bands I really like. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about Alasana again. I really love the way that their mixes were done because uh, in terms of, like, rock slash metalcore-ish, their stuff is so clean, like, in the sense that—but also in the sense that it's not. Like, uh, I feel like every time I listen to a song through headphones— Like, even though I've been listening to them for so many years, I always hear something new. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I never noticed that before. Um, Or sometimes they, like, release things. Like, they've in the past on Spotify, they've released tracks that are just instrumental versions of the tracks they've done. So you can kind of hear, like, the the string parts that they put in and, like, cool things like that. Like, the extra orchestral stuff. I love that. But it's cool because when you hear those versus the original, you realize that vocals and guitars and stuff cover up a lot of stuff that you... Don't realize is there, but if it was gone, it wouldn't be the same, you know? So, like, I think their mixes are really clean in that regard that, like, every time in that, in that sense that you listen again, you do catch something new because it's just kind of hiding. It's just, like, hiding in plain sight, if that's a good way to put it. You're like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that violin was there. That sounds really cool. And you do catch it because after listening for the 10,000th time, you're like – Oh, what is that sound? Oh, very cool. Very epic. So I like that their are mixes that they've always uh, had with their mixing engineers have always been like, we're going to just put a bunch of shit in here. And every time you're going to pick out something new <laughs> and it's my favorite. Cause like as a mixer, clutter is like one of the hardest things to deal with both in terms of vocals and in terms of like instrumentation. If you put way too much shit in a mix, like it starts to, it's hard to make that all clear. You have to pick and choose what people hear the most, you know what I mean? And Finding those little Easter eggs, I think, is my my favorite part about those kind of mixes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I started noticing that like recent as well when I went back to listen to other songs uh, on different headphones. Like before, I used to used to keep like five dollar pair of earphones yeah. that I just got from a dollar store. And then when I actually got like proper headphones, like Sennheisers or Sony's, like mm. okay, that instrumentation. Is so good, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's so crisp.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll tell you even honestly, I've had the same feeling with Callie when Callie released uh, End of a Life, right? Which I've been listening to a lot yeah. lately because it's so good. It is the first song that Callie's released that I feel like is really Callie. And I, and I hate to say it because like, Callie's good. Like I love her raps and everything, but I love that song. Like her and Pretty Patterns and I mean everyone else, of course, too, did such a good job like connecting and really bringing out <clears throat> what i think makes callie's voice so good and like the the instrumentation's clean but like with that song i listened to it the first time and you take it for for face value and you're like oh ever i'm being attacked by instrumentation and like this vocal and, uh, and it's being sung in a way and wrapped in a way that really conveys emotion and feeling but then you go back a couple other times and then you realize oh there's a saxophone here at the end like a saxophone solo that i didn't catch the first time which i mean people would probably notice the first time because it's pretty loud but like i was like so immersed you start picking up like oh there's like multiple layers of piano going on it's so clean such a good song not to gush yes. over cali but oh my god it's so good
1: <laughs> yeah and uh, another thing about cali's music um in uh, off with your heads a little like vocal example like, thing that comes on in the instrumental oh yes uh, where when the rest of the instrumental drops they just have like a vocal noise thing happening. I'm like, so good. Okay, I really like how that sounds. It's so
0: aggressive. I've so never noticed clean. it before. <laughs> so good. Yes, I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never noticed it before, but now every time I listen to the song, I always like hear. Like, it's so clean and crisp and works so well.
0: Yes, so good. It,
1: because it's at the forefront of the instrumental in that certain part because everything else drops away.
0: Yes, so good. Little things like that I think are what make the experience worth it. Um and I mean in terms yeah. of vocal mixing as well. I don't know that I've ever I mean like yeah, I don't know that I've ever hidden anything in vocal mixes up to this point because a lot of it's pretty bare bones. <laughs> but uh yeah. <laughs> One of these days I'd like to be that person that like hides things in a way that like you don't pick out until later. I think that'd be a good goal to reach for. <laughs>
1: I'm not saying even songs like I used to, I've been listening to for like ten, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So strange like when you finally start actually listening and I'm not just putting on the, while you're on the walk or at university or stuff like that. Yes. Like the amount of stuff that you can pick up.
0: It's like truly getting into the moment. It's like a different thing off like yeah. Yes, I agree. I love it.
1: On the best of um, sensations. <laughs> yes is it oh (laughs) so good um on the topic of that um what like headphones would you recommend like for people like novice mixers that might be listening
0: oh man uh i'll be honest with you i can only i think i can only recommend one like pair because it's the pair that i've been using for a long time and i absolutely will swear up and down by them until the day i die probably um they are the Audio Technica uh M wait, a, Audio Technica ATX MS. M50H I think. Yeah, M50s. Yeah, the, the M50s. M50s. Yeah. I love the M50s to death. Like um when we were going through college, uh, a couple buds of mine and myself, we all bought the same pair of headphones for a while. So we had the M30s, yeah. the M40s, um then I bought the M50s. I think it's the best purchase I've ever had because I like there's such a thing as like um, – I don't know. I think I, I'd call it like ear shock where like you go from one pair of headphones to the next and the sound is so vastly different that it shocks you kind of. You're like, oh, that's not what that sounds like, right? Yeah. But like the truthful truth, truth be told, like that's how I feel about going from any other – like this headphone to any other. And maybe it's because it's so different. But I – like personally I genuinely feel like the M50s sound the cleanest and most accurate to an actual like recording as possible and I could be totally wrong I could just be biased because I've been using them now for like almost 6 years yeah but um I genuinely like I bought the I have gotten the MT or sorry the M70s recently and I really don't like them like they're so they're just too They don't isolate properly when you put them on your head. They also just don't have the right frequency. Like, it just feels like everything's super thick and nasty, and I hate it. And the thing with mixing is, like, the hardest part about it is people say all the time, oh, you need a flat frequency response. You need a flat frequency response in your headphones to, like, get the most accurate representation of your EQing or, like, the sound you're listening to. And while I think that is important, I personally just think you should mix with whatever you think sounds good because at the end of the day, most of the time... Uh, if you send it to someone else and they listen to it and they go, yeah, this sounds good. It sounds good. Like just mix with what you're comfortable with. Um, whatever you think. Oh, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say mix with earbuds, but sometimes that's not a bad idea because like people are listening on earbuds. Consumers are listening on earbuds. Consumers are listening in their car stereos, Fuck, mix with whatever you want. But, uh, in terms of headphones, I would definitely recommend the M fifties by audio technica. I absolutely love them. They also recently came out with a, with a Bluetooth pair, those are so yeah, cool. Yeah, I have those. Those are so cool!
1: <laughs> I have those on. Those are like my everyday headphones. They're
0: so good. They're great for mixing. They're great for casual yes. listening. Everything is so clean. I love it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I, for me, my favorite headphones are the ones I'm using right now. Mm. They're my desktop headphones. Ah, oh, yes. Which is uh, bio, Biodynamics. and. Oh. Uh, Et seven
0: seventies. One I have. Ooh, after looking at this.
1: Yeah. Um. From like a lot of people I watch. Do you know of the YouTuber
0: DankPod? No. I don't. Um,
1: he started off. He started off just like a solely um. Uh, iPod channel. Like it oh. he was a, He's a drummer and audio mixer himself.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And he literally made a channel. Uh, and his first video was just fixing iPods and stuff, and flash modding iPods. I love that. And then he made videos on like, you know, what he actually does, like audio mixing. Mm-hmm. Like he became an audio teacher and stuff. Yeah. And talking about it. And he's the reason why I got these headphones. Like, oh, mm. the thing is, like, in my opinion, for headphones, Go with what you like. Go with the sound type you like. Yeah. Like close back if you want like bassy, warm sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, open backs if you want the high end.
0: Yes. Yeah. It also has a lot to do with, uh, I mean, in the audio world, we talk a lot about, like, ear fatigue as well. That's important. When you have, like, closed versus open back headphones, it, like, changes the way that you, like, perceive sound and outside sound and everything like that. And sometimes when you've got headphones, like, I used to have some Sennheiser headphones that were just really, like, default Sennheiser that they give to everyone in our college. And they were so bad. But they also, like, when you put them on on your head, they would, like, squeeze your head. And those are not... Yeah. Those are not good because Yeah, I know which ones you're on about. They're so bad. I hate them. I yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know which ones you're on about because I'm pretty sure Dankpod did a cheap headphone review.
0: Yeah. And those are on it. They don't they don't sound good, they don't feel good. They're really after a while you start to feel like you're going insane because they're like cupping you like, like you're in an insane like um an anechoic chamber or something. It's like, bruh, like let me hear yeah. the outside world. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, apparently those headphones, like the sound of them and apparently like from what I saw, the ear cups, uh, the, the leather they used is so thin that you could rip it by touching it.
0: I, yeah, I think that's true. I think mine did fall apart very easily.
1: <laughs> that's
0: why I don't yeah. use them anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just like in terms of headphones, like listening for just listening, not for mixing just for just standard listening.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. go for
1: what's comfortable for you yes for sure
0: comfort comfort i think is a top-notch thing i mean both in yeah. casual listening and in uh, and in mixing listening because you need a pair of headphones that you're gonna be sitting at a computer for literally four to eight hours at a time i mean you're gonna take breaks maybe every couple hours right but yeah you need a pair of headphones that aren't going to hurt you or make you really exhausted like you need something comfortable yeah. so yeah i'm, I'm all for yeah. that i'm for comfort
1: because there are some headphones that if you wear for like more than an hour and a half, you just get a massive headache. Yes.
0: From. We hate squishy headphones. <laughs> and
1: for some reason every single school in existence has those.
0: Yes. It's because they're cheap. It's because they're cheap and they can yeah. mass mass buy them to give to their students. I know why they do it, but yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um They were just really bad. Like I mean the ones you just sent me might be even better. Yeah. Oh, oh here, here. I have them. I have the ones. Yeah, it's these uh it's uh, I don't know if it'll show up. It probably won't. Uh, of course, it won't show. Oh, yeah, it's those. Yeah. <laughs> those are nasty, man. I really hate them. The Sennheiser HD280 yeah. Pro, by the way, for anyone who's listening, those are the headphones we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they're nasty. I know I had them for college. They're not good. I hate them. <laughs>
1: yeah, the thing about those headphones, like, you could buy those, but you could get the Sony MDR. Which are so much better.
0: Right. It's like there's a better solution. You don't need to spend this much money. <laughs> yeah, and the Sony MDRs,
1: I'm pretty sure, are either the same price or cheaper. And Sony's been making them since the
0: early 90s. <laughs> Man, take that, Sennheiser. Lame.
1: And that's another, that's another thing I want to bring up about the head headphones specifically. It doesn't matter if it's an older set of headphones.
0: That's true. I would agree with that. Uh, I, I, there are people that I know that have been mixing on headphones that are, um, that have like headphones that from like fifteen years ago and they still work great. <laughs> my, I mean, hi, my headphones are six years old and there are more and more and they're all like falling apart, but I still mix with them every single day. I actually probably need a new pair soon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for example, the headphones I have were originally released in nineteen eighty
0: five. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the oldies are good though too. You get the yeah. that authentic old quality. Is like, man, this is OG. You know, yeah, it's good. And another
1: thing, uh, you have to check depending on what you're plugging in uh,
0: uh, impedance. Oh yeah, that's true.
1: I uh, yeah. yeah. because with mine, my, my impedance of my headphones is um. Okay, which one are these? Um, two hundred and fifty.
0: Oh, man. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what mine are. I could probably look it up, but, yeah, for for me, it's usually it doesn't happen much here. I don't have a problem, but I also am only plugging my headphones into, like, my phone or my uh, computer interface, so most of the time, I don't have to think about that, but, yes, impedance is important, like, especially for microphones. It's a big deal. Like, especially older microphones is a big deal. Yeah,
1: and the M50s. M50s are perfectly fine because M50s are highly recommend it for casual listening because mm, yeah. they work perfectly
0: out of the phone. They're so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a phone, like something that works on the phone, 60 or less would give you the best like, sound quality.
0: That's true. Agreed.
1: But, like, you don't really need a new set of headphones to even get the best sound quality. If you get the USB-C DACs, which costs about like,
0: $15. Oh, that's true yeah and I, I guess it also depends on what uh what phone you have too right it's all like a yeah yeah it's a big it's a big like regardless most of the time as long as you've got them you'll be fine i mean most even most earbuds are totally yeah. fine nowadays it's like but yeah recommend if you're listening if you want a real good listening experience you should get a nice pair of headphones for yourself they don't even have to be super expensive yeah. just you know something nice like we recommend it yeah. here perfect
1: research yeah research within your budget
0: yes super important big 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 facts I agree with that.
1: And in some places, like I know, like some local places where I can get headphones, like richer sounds and stuff, like local to me, Mm. they have headphones on display which you can wear, like you can actually wear and test out, plug into your phone and
0: stuff. Yes, testing out is important because you can't always do that with online purchases. So. With on, yeah. if you're gonna do an online purchase, I recommend like looking up reviews of that product, like on YouTube or something. That's a good idea. Yeah, I do that a lot with uh, other gear and stuff.
1: <laughs> not even looking at reviews. Like, make sure if you're ordering online, like this will only work for stuff that's not secondhand. But make sure they have a return policy, like return within thirty days or two weeks. That too. If you want to test it out.
0: Yeah, that's true. Return policies are great. We love those.
1: Yeah. It. it Like I have four pairs of headphones. I I have one that solely, yeah, I have one that's solely used for gym because like this two years old. Yes, and literally one the ear cups, one the ear cups is literally held on by friction.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, I've only got like four pairs of headphones on me. Like now, one is the fifties that I'm wearing right now. I've got the seventies, which I only occasionally wear when I need to plug into my phone because they stay lodged into my phone. Like the the fifties don't connect to my jack properly it's weird uh and then i have like the sennheisers that i talked about but they're like hidden away somewhere in the closet like i never use them (laughs) and then i have a pair of old bose headphones that are like they're pretty good but they're also really like the cups are super small so they were always hard to put on my ears not comfortable (laughs) but a good pair of headphones yeah
1: (laughs) yeah that's why i feel with my sennheisers it's like they're on ear headphones not over ear.
0: yeah (laughs)
1: In my opinion, like, if you want the best comfort, get over the ear. Because on ears,
0: it will start hurting your ears after a while. They will. They are painful. Yeah, they, like, press against your yeah. your eardrum and stuff. It's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, and make sure, like, you know, the ear cups yes. are the ones you want. Leather, leather. if you want a proper, like, seal or around and, like, okay. have no sound coming. Or velour, if you want comfort over the sound.
0: Yes, it's true. Agree.
1: I've done too much research into this.
0: Headphones are. I mean, <laughs> it's good. It's important too. <laughs> yeah,
1: and if you get a high impedance one, um, look for a uh, good DAC and amps, mm, mm-hmm. combos. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's that brand called? Mm. Wait, I-, I can just look at it. I'm, I'm using one. <laughs> uh, uh, Theo
0: mm-hmm and
1: also another thing bluetooth doesn't necessarily mean bad quality over cable like cable is obviously going to be better because you know better power transfer and stuff
0: that's true but, but it, bluetooth it just, it
1: just depends on what bluetooth you get
0: that's true bluetooth is advancing a lot nowadays it's very surprising to me i'm always like oh man this is really I, good crazy
1: <laughs> and you, you can get bluetooth uh amp and dax now mm,
0: that's crazy
1: which is insane <laughs> like the Field btr5 or whatever is for, has enough power to run a sennheiser hd600
0: wow that's crazy so you can get
1: fully, yeah you have it fully wireless and the duck has a, a microphone built in as well, so you can take calls on
0: the hd600 no way that's crazy amazing yeah Not that you, not that you'd ever need that level of quality to take a call, but
1: (laughs) yeah, but still, but still, to
0: have that quality though—that's crazy.
1: (laughs) Um, And another thing, like nowadays, it's quite hard to get like a bad pair of headphones at a certain inside your budget because every budget has like a good set. That's true. Depending on. The brand.
0: That's true. Well, audio is lucky in that regard. To be honest with you, that there are a lot of really good budget options. I related to that. I recently got a new camera. I got the the Lumix G7 uh, for my videos for my content because I've been wanting to do an upgrade for a while. Right? It was like yeah. three hundred and some bucks because I got it at a nice deal, which is crazy because like on Amazon it's like five hundred. But that's the thing is like that I was noticing when I was looking into video equipment is like video equipment even like amateur level video equipment is so expensive like if you want an amateur camcorder or like camera that records video to to look good unless you get a deal like the one I got you're looking upwards of five to seven hundred dollars that's crazy and yeah. audio you can buy headphones for like 90 to like 200 or same with microphones you can buy a microphone an interface cables and a stand for under two to three hundred dollars and you have a whole professional-esque setup that you can use to record yeah. anything it's insane to me i'm like audio is so much more efficient it's crazy <laughs> i love it yeah
1: yeah and with audio like you don't really spend 90 to 200 especially if you just want your in-ears because uh i forgot the brand uh, it's kzn on uh, amazon mm. they're about 25 dollars, <laughs> and they're incredible
0: that's true right it's it's just wild stuff like that like you can find really good deals and sometimes you get really surprised i mean yeah. hell I, I don't know if you saw but i did a i did a video where i was like reviewing cheap microphones from amazon i have an sm7 uh seven or, or sorry an sm58 58, sorry it's called the sm50 uh 50 uh uh, it's basically an SM58. Like, it's an SM58. Yeah, the SURE. The it's the SM48. That's what it's called. It's literally the SM58, yeah. but it's 50 bucks cheaper and it works. It does the, it sounds exactly the same. It's amazing. It's crazy what you can find nowadays. Amazing. Yeah. Wild.
1: Yeah, uh, and and based on that,
0: it's like, sure just make amazing products. That's true, and that was why I was so happy to get the mic because I'm like, bro, sure, selling a microphone for fifty dollars—that's beautiful. Like, and it sounds just as good as their hundred-dollar ones. Why spend a hundred dollars? Why? Might as well just get the SM forty-eight. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like you see people with uh, on YouTube and stuff like with the Road podcaster and mic and stuff like that. Right. You don't actually need that, right? Like. Yeah, that is the top quality you have but then you have like Blue making the Snowball for about $50.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Snowball is not terrible, but the Snowball is like, you could, for the same price that you could buy the Snowball, you could buy an interface microphone and then scrounge out a little bit of cash, maybe for, you don't have to get an expensive interface. There, I literally, I haven't done this video yet, teaser, spoiler, but I have like four interfaces sitting down here that I haven't opened yet that were all under $50. And I I mean, maybe they don't all sound amazing, so I'm going to be testing those. But like, you can get a really, cheap setup that will get you started when when you're trying to make things that's what's important is just getting started like go for it i mean even that regard i don't really like usb microphones but there are some top-notch usb microphones now the the razor like the sire the siren siren Microphones that Razer is making. Yeah, Siren. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And then, like, Elgato's Wave mic is super good. And they've yeah, got the great, 3. great software to go with it. So it's like, there's, I hate USB microphones pretty religiously. Like, I think if you want to do anything audio, even semi professionally, you should just get an interface and an XLR. But a lot of people can't afford that at first. So if you can get an all in one package like the Elgato Wave, just buy the USB mic and, like, work your way up yeah. until you can buy the bigger stuff, you know? and not
1: only that because like bloom arguably make like the most well-known and most like well-loved usb microphones yeah uh because logitech has bought them out and logitech own them now Mm. logitech's like headsets microphones actually like amazing quality now
0: Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't ever recommend anyone to use a headset mic simply because – I mean, like, if you're just doing, like, call work or something, that's totally fine, right? But if you're trying to, like, make something, I would not recommend a headset mic simply just because, like, even as they get better and better, there's only so much right now that they can put into the headset microphones that, like, it just doesn't have the same, like, level of quality. But I wouldn't be surprised if it starts to get way better because things like Elgato, you know, just made their, like, webcam – the stream cam and it's so good yeah. like it looks really great so if companies start making innovations like that in audio with everyday products that'd be cr- I'm, that's gonna be crazy and i'm sure they will it's just a matter of time you know and
1: look for like bundles and stuff because um,
0: bundles are great
1: i i just looked up the sure sm48 to see how much it costs mm-hmm. uh, a bundle of a microphone a uh two meter of six meter cable, mm, mm-hmm. XR cable, and a um, microphone stand with boom arm, mm. and it came up to—I get the conversion—eighty-six uh, dollars.
0: Damn! Yeah, that's good. Because then the only thing you need after that is an interface, and a lot of them are cheap. And yeah. s- hell, some interfaces come in bundles. Like I. I used to work, I mean, I still do work with her sometimes, a voice actress who also sings. And for the longest time, she had this really garbage USB microphone. And I was like, all right, you've been voice acting long enough and singing. You need a better microphone. And so we went on Amazon and we found this bundle that was like 129 bucks. which I mean, like that's some change, but like it's nothing compared to what you could spend otherwise. And it had a really cool, high quality, like condenser microphone. It came with an interface. It came with an XLR cable. It came with a stand. Uh, and it also came with, um, like software, not that she needed it, but like, it's just, it's great. Like, but look for bundles. They are so amazing.
1: Yeah. Like, and the bundles, they, when do you like take into effect how much it costs separately? I was like, you could save like a hundred dollars maybe money. as well.
0: Yeah. So much money. I mean, when you consider that most interfaces are a hundred dollars minimum, you're absolutely saving a ton of money. If you find a good bundle. Yeah. <laughs> Super good.
1: It's just that uh, you don't even need to start off with like a the line stuff. That's true. Start out with what you can afford. Exactly. And over time, replace it.
0: That's true. I mean, I, I'd even tell, I mean, like I said, I don't like USB microphones, but you can buy a pretty cheap USB, like a good, pretty cheap USB microphone now. I mean, that's like the thing. I, yeah. I follow that mentality very strongly. I mean, whether you're singing, whether you're streaming, whether you're making content, it doesn't really matter. You just need a camera if you're doing like face content. And a microphone, that works decently enough, and you can make it work. And a lot of the time, hell, it's not even about the microphone. It's about where you place it, how you use it. Like, you can make a $30 USB microphone sound like a really good XLR if you put it in the right spot. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's all about perspective. I like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Because before I saying, oh, this doesn't work, and getting something more expensive, is first try and make it work. Yes. Like, don't just plug in and say, oh, this sounds rubbish. Yeah. Because I calibration is needed. It's, There's a lot of software and a lot of other things. It's true.
0: And, like, for audio, the biggest thing that people usually forget, it's all about your positioning. Like, microphones, where you put them is so important to, like, your face. Like, right now, I'm probably way too close to this microphone than I should be. But, like, it sounds really good, and it works, so, like, half the time when you are doing like podcasting things like this. Like that's all that matters. Like when you're recording things like music, content, vocals, whatever, you just have to put your things in the right place. People that record poorly usually end up sounding poorly, even on good gear. So like if you, you could probably take bad gear, bad gear, quote unquote, cheap gear and still make it sound really good. I mean, there's a little extra work that needs done, but a lot of the time your problems can be solved with a simple, like, let me put this thing closer to my mouth. You know what I mean? Like that's all you need to do. This-
1: like looking at bundles from this place where I got my um, headphones from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Really good and relatively cheap place.
0: Bundles are good.
1: We love bundles! When you research and look for stuff, is like, just look for a bundle that has everything you need.
0: Yes, that's true. You only like, need the things no that you point,
1: need. Yeah, there's no point in spending more on excess that you're probably not going to use at this moment.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But if you have something that uh, has more than you need and it's cheaper, just get that. It's just good to have. That's true. I mean,
0: you get extra goodies. Why not, you know? <laughs> yeah. And
1: another thing that I see a lot of people do for, for some reason is uh, um the pop filters and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, like, for well, a pop filter, you only need that if the microphone's right against your face, pretty much.
0: That's relatively true. I mean, honestly... Pop, so pop filters do serve a couple different, like, obvious little reasons, and I'm sure you know, but, like, yeah. uh, I will I'll mention them for anyone who's listening. Pop filters serve as a couple, like, there's actually one reason the pop filter was invented, and it was to keep spit off the microphone. Because when you sing or talk, you spit into the air, right? And so that humidifies the capsules and microphones, which could destroy them like if you're using like a condenser microphone right like you could literally blow the capsule out by spitting all over it right because you just get water in it it's not good for the electronics but people have evolved since then to be like oh well it's also good for plosives which is true i mean but there are remedies to that like if you don't have a pop filter i mean realistically you can buy a pop filter for like 10 bucks and you that's all you need you don't need an expensive pop i mean like the one i have here is like 30 bucks but you can get one for 10 bucks, but if you don't even want to buy a pop filter or you can't really afford one at this moment in time when you have the other gear, it's totally fine. There are so many ways to avoid plosives in a microphone. In fact, like I could probably do it right now. I don't think I will. But like you can just take your microphone, push it a little further to the left side of your face, and then point it slightly away from your mouth, like out to the right or le- whatever side, right? Away from your mouth. As long as you're speaking forward and the microphone's a little bit to the side, it's called off-axis, you... Yeah. you eliminate those plosives because what a plosive is and stuff is just like you're talking into the mic and you're just going poof, like i don't even know if that worked probably not because i have my pop filter on uh you like talking straight into the mic and you're blowing air like directly onto the capsule and it causes that woof woofy noise so like for everyone listening at home you definitely i mean i would recommend a pop filter but honestly nowadays i use it a lot less when i'm doing content because it just kind of gets in the way like you yeah. would use a pop filter in most studio situations and like recording situations and it's just good to eliminate those problems. But realistically, like for things like content and things, you don't have to worry about it as much. You can literally just put the microphone in front of your face and half the time you can go into an EQ and cut out a hundred hertz and you're totally fine. That just solves the problem. Not immediately, but almost immediately. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need a pop filter. It's not necessary, it's just good to have if you, you know, sing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Especially
1: when you when you sing because the microphone's closer to you. But when you like streaming and stuff, microphone it depending on what microphone you have, it won't be right against
0: like right next to you. Right. I mean, it it can be like, if you're using a dynamic mic, you definitely have to be closer, but it also depends because when, when you're streaming and you're making content, people like to see your face, you know what I mean? So you can't have a, I mean, I've done this before, right, but you can't have a microphone like straight in your mouth. I mean, you can, but with a pop filter, especially it just blocks so much of your face when you're recording. So lately, like I've taken to the approach of like putting it out to the side and it still sounds relatively good. I mean, you still want it as close as you can get because that will give you the best sound quality. But, yeah, a lot of the time, like with streaming, you want to see more of your face than anything else. Um, I know a lot of streamers have talked lately about getting, like, shotgun microphones, which are very helpful because you can put them off screen, but you still get to point them at your face. But they pick up a lot more, uh, and they aren't in the way. So, um yeah, that's, that's useful. But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like, you do what you can to get the best appearance and the best sound at the same time. It's a lot of experimenting, but uh, it really comes down to like what you're doing, what kind of content you're making. Um, when you're in a podcast like this, I can get literally as close to the microphone as I want. And no one will care because you can't see my face. <laughs> yeah. So it,
1: it really depends on the content you're making.
0: That's true. Like, at the end of the day, if you sound good, you sound good. I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've just, just been talking. I've just been scrolling through the site. <laughs> looking at this. Like,
0: maybe tempted. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, should I get this? Should I not get this? Hmm. <laughs> Bundles, folks, they're good. Look up bundles if you're getting into audio stuff and you have no clue what you're doing. Look into bundles. Look into bundle reviews. Look into reviews online. Look, Go check out my YouTube channel where I made a video on cheap microphones. I don't know. Go some, look up your, just do your research. Research is important. Yeah. And again, yeah, back to that, like, research. Research, research, <laughs> research.
1: Yeah, because I researched these headphones, like, the type of headphones I wanted for so long. <laughs> Because, like, they're like $150. I'm like, do I want to buy these or not?
0: Right. It's a lot of, like, cost versus, like, thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, I would describe it as a similar feeling. It's like when you buy food and the food is horrible. Right. (laughs) And especially if you're audiophile, like, you're really into your music. Make sure to research.
0: Yes, that's extremely true. I'm for that. 100% agree.
1: Yeah. And yeah, another thing, brand name does not always mean quality. Correct. It's just like with, for example, with the HG280s.
0: Yes, exactly. Just because they're Sennheiser doesn't mean they're good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true, especially for audio, other things as well, but especially for audio. But then you also, that on the other spectrum, you have to be careful of not brand name things because when you just go on Amazon and see professional studio condenser microphone, that does not mean that it sounds like a professional condenser studio microphone. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yes, that is a good... I just pointed at my camera as if I was recording. Whoops! Yes, that is a good. Uh, that's a good move <laughs> all the time. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and cheap headphones, um, especially if it like um, open back or semi open. No, semi open back. Mm-mm. Which people say is the best of like open back and close back.
0: Yeah, I've heard that too. Not
1: really. Not really. It like depends. Uh, yeah. On- and it also depends on the type of music really because just if, if your music yeah if your music yeah. had a lot of highs then yeah. yeah it would be
0: accentuated really just with anything like anything in life there's lots of audio products to suit your different particular needs so really it's all about like like we said this whole time research research, research. if you yeah. are into a specific thing check look, like look for the kind of audio gear you need you know like if you I don't know, like go out, like there's tons of forums online where you can be like, what kind of headphones should I buy? And literally someone will tell you, like, check out these types of headphones. And then you can go from there, make your own assumptions, you know, so on and so forth, things of that nature. It's all a, a game to find what works best for you in your given situation. Uh,
1: um, one of my main, like, semi-open backs I would recommend K240.
0: Mm, AKG is so good. Oh man, it's true. Yeah, and and the K 240s are only seventy dollars. Wow, that's amazing! AKG's making moves. I love that. So good.
1: Yeah. And like you might see the the Mark twos, which are like hundred dollars more.
0: Mm.
1: But there's re- there's barely any difference.
0: Oh, I love that. I love making those again, comparisons.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ag- again, like you said, like it doesn't matter if your headphones are older right it's just normally a redesign that's true anything else
0: it's true take that into consideration like we said <laughs> research research research
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and i just got video recommended of dan pod reviewing headphones that uh, five thousand dollars oh my
0: god yeah well that's that's content nowadays <laughs> it's good stuff
1: Again, AKG, um, Samson SR850s, which are literally an AKG replica. Mm. Like, down to, like down, to down to how they sound is exactly that's the
0: amazing. That's bound to happen.
1: Yeah. What would you recommend as like, you know, mixing software and
0: like uh, production software as well? I'm going to be really honest with you. My answer is that it doesn't matter. Um, I personally use Pro Tools. And part of that is, which is funny because I think every mixer that I've met, none of them use Pro Tools. Like all the music producer people in the VTubing community, any of the VTubers who sing and mix their own music, like every mixer that I've met, none of them use Pro Tools, which is baffling to me. It kind of makes sense though, because Pro Tools is taught in colleges as the industry standard for audio mixing and like production, right? Which makes sense because it's really a workhorse of a program. Um, But at the same time, like, so many people now, like, so many programs are way ahead of their time now. Like, Cubase is good. You know, uh, Studio One is good. Um, What's the other one? People still use Logic. And, hell, people make banger music in FL Studio, which I can't stand as a program. But people make it work. So, really, at the end of the day, the answer is whatever DAW best suits your needs and you like the most as an interface works the best for you. Um, I like Pro Tools, like I said, because I learned it in school. So, to me, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, my workflow in Pro Tools is so, like, so quick. Um, And everything in the program makes sense to me. Like the way you execute certain actions makes 100% logical sense to me, as opposed to other DAWs, which hide menus away and confuse the crap out of me. But like I said, it doesn't matter if you make music at the end of the day, or you're like recording or doing audio work. If the program does what you need it to do, that's, that's really all that matters. If you're comfortable with it, you can use whatever you want. Um, I just like pro tools. The other problem with pro tools is that right now, uh, it's currently being sold as a subscription license. Um, and I think you can buy a full version of Pro Tools, but it's so expensive. Where like a full version of Pro Tools, like standard, it's like two hundred plus dollars or something. Or you have to pay a subscription like monthly. Where instead you could just buy like a sixty dollars license for Reaper, and Reaper's another good one, and use just Reaper like for the rest of your life. Re- 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 um you know, or you can buy a commercial license for Reaper because like the standard license is 60, but if you want to do like commercial work, you can buy the commercial license, which I'm sure costs you less in the long run. Yeah. Th- and some of these other programs do too. <clears> then <throat> buying a subscription license to pro tools, <clears throat> just because people use it. You know what I mean? It's the industry standard quote unquote. Um, I mean, I like Pro Tools a lot, but I will say that if you're doing like both mixing and music production, you probably want something like Cubase or Ableton. Um, because, like, both of those, I think, are good, better with scoring. Pro Tools is the worst with scoring. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, if you're doing, like, orchestral music stuff or anything like that, you don't want Pro Tools. Like, it's good for mixing. It's fine with MIDI, but if you're scoring out for real people, it's not, it's not great. So, but yeah. Work with whatever doll works with, for you. Um, and... Because I, I, I've seen at this point, I used to be a Pro Tools only guy. Like I was like, oh, Pro Tools is great. Logic isn't really that amazing. Uh, nobody uses FL Studio. You're not a real per, you're not a real mixer. Blah, blah blah. I was one of those people, right? But then, like in this community, this community, the vTuber community has actually really helped change my mind a lot because I've met so many amazing musicians and so many amazing people that mix and produce really amazing music, but they use completely different dolls than me and some of them a ton of them use fl studio and it like completely changed my mind i was like okay like the truth is you do whatever works for you because these people are making products and and projects that they're really just genuinely happy about and i think that's amazing no matter what electronic program you use whatever a beep boop program you use at your fingertips you know what i mean (laughs) yeah
1: i recently found out like a fun fact about the fl Mm um the other song umbrella by rihanna yeah the other drums in there is a literal sample of a drum pack, as in FL. i
0: love that that's i love when people do shit like that because it's like you don't expect them to just bare bones be like let's just use a preset sample in this program and then you're like i didn't know that could sound that good you know like you don't think about that kind of thing that's crazy i love yeah. that
1: Yeah, because apparently uh, the story is is, that one of the producers for the song was just messing around on FL, just playing random things. And the main producer of the Umbrella song came in, heard that, like, okay, we need that.
0: Right. That's crazy.
1: It just heard by chance. And it's arguably like one of Rihanna's most iconic songs. That's
0: amazing. Yeah, it's crazy how that works out.
1: Um,. Do I have any more questions? Or have they
0: all gone? They've all disappeared. We... It wasn't even
1: really questions. It wasn't even really questions. It was just us talking.
0: That's true. We did just talk for an hour and 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was just
1: us talking and geeking over music.
0: That's fine. That's good. Look, that's yeah. a good podcast to me. <laughs> yeah. That is what this is about, right? Geeking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is that what you I call mean, yourself? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it was... It was on-topic. It was off-topic, on-topic kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I
1: should say, like, you know, a mixer, like, who's your dream collab, like, you know where for, to mix for?
0: Oh, that's a question. I thought I should have been prepared for this question because I know you asked Velocity this question as well. Ah. Uh... I don't know, honestly. Like, I <laughs> I don't want to be just like them and tell you I think I've already had my dream collab to work with. <laughs> because like how it. Yeah, I know exactly. But I really love like working with Risu. Like, it's so great. Like, her and I like connect on this level of like product placement, where it's like, um, how to say this? In a way, right? Like, um, theoretically speaking. You connect with a client in a way where they keep coming back to you, and they come back to you for their mixes. Um, and you work with them, and you start to develop this like this client um, client employer like relationship kind of deal where it's like, oh, like um, you know what I want, and I know what you know what I want. You know what I mean? Like there's this connection that happens where we both have an idea of what the final product is going to be like, and nine times out of ten, it comes out the way we both envisioned it but we're not afraid to like critique each other on the things like i'm a mixer and a lot of the time i just do like what my clients ask for right because that's kind of part of the job i mean you can recommend things to them but most of the time to get the best scenario i mean you should hold people accountable for their lack of knowledge and audio when they are just doing stuff but at the same time at the end of the day if you want to get your money's worth and if you want to still have a long-standing, strong relationship with the client, you need to do what they ask you to, right? Um, and so in that regard, working with Risu has always been like, oh, like maybe she recommends uh, an adjustment for this thing. And I go, I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. Like, I don't agree with that. But then I do that thing and I learn that like, oh, that was the right move. Like really, like she knows what she wants, right? And I've encountered other indie VTubers as well that I've worked with that are the same way where they have an end product in mind and they know what they want. So it's like uh, when you find that person that you connect with on that level and you both are striving for the goal of making a really well-polished final product that you know millions of people are going to enjoy, that just is exciting. That's a good – that's like the best kind of work correlation relationship you could have I think. And it brings forth really great results because then you're always vibing with each other and you're not afraid to like step in and be like, hey, I don't think that idea works. Let's try this idea and like bounce thoughts off of each other, that kind of thing. I think that is like why I love like working with Risu and I think that is why I would consider that my dream, my like already done dream collab, quote unquote. But um, for shits and giggles, if I had to pick someone that I haven't worked with yet, um, I kind of want to work with Subaru. I I don't know why, but I, I really just I love Subaru so much. I think it'd be a lot of fun to uh to mix for Subaru.
1: <laughs> I, I love her so much. Like I her first stream that I ever watched was her playing Darren Cry Like a Demon in my favorite game series. I was just yes. watching her and everything like <laughs>
0: Subaru is really good about that. She played um, Majora's Mask once, and I love Majora, like Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is my favorite game on this entire planet. It always has been and always will be. And so when I saw her playing it, because they were allowed to, I was like, Yo! So like <laughs> it's just really awesome. So like, and I love just Subaru's just funny. She's just like literal, like the, the gap is like she's super adorable, but then she does the bah, 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 kind of thing, and you're like, Oh bruh, that's speaking to my soul. So and then um I don't know. She sings pretty well too, so I, I feel like yeah. If I could, if I could work with someone, I would work with Subaru. But I don't know Japanese, so that might have to wait for a while.
1: I <laughs> love chaotic.
0: Me too. So good.
1: Yeah, and like others, I first heard of Subaru when her GIF, the dancing duck, became a like a worldwide meme for some reason.
0: Oh yeah, so good.
1: And then I t- even Casey
0: even retweeted it. I came, I take back my uh my answer. My dream collab is Velocity. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I think that's all the questions. Wonderful! Wow, we there weren't made it.
1: Really, yeah. There wasn't really much questions like, let's get your opinion on music stuff because I'm massive music nerd.
0: That's fine. I I think that honestly, I'll tell you, Jed. I think that is what builds a really good podcast i mean you you can structure and like ask a lot of questions right but it's like uh, sometimes you start sounding like a robot when you do that you know what i mean like yeah it's like some vtuber interviews are the same way they just go question to question and it's always the same stuff and you're like okay like but mix it up a little bit how do we have fun so i think that's great i think this is that's the way that's how you do it that's how you keep the attention the flow going it's it's exciting it's fun to listen to it's good stuff i'm for it
1: and i guess that's the end of the questions so any final thoughts
0: um yeah a few i'll summarize uh do research on your gear uh that you want to get uh mixing in any daw is fine it's perfect uh follow me on twitter at soundweebj2 because soundweebj1 doesn't exist anymore and uh if you made it all the way through the podcast you should listen to the other podcast that jed did w- with uh velocity they're really good friends of mine and they're really great so you should continue listening <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that's all we have time for on this episode of the Geekling Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.
0: Bye-bye.